Welcome to Floor Masters. I'm Anthony Moses, the owner of Simply Intricate Designs, the number one flooring contractor in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. This podcast is about flooring installation, custom showers, kitchen remodels, bathroom models, everything involved from materials to pricing to how-tos and how-not. Get your headphones, get your pen and paper, and let's get it. Hey, 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 everybody. Thank you for tuning in to the Floor Master Podcast. This is part four of the failure series. We got our West Coast guest, the man, the myth, the legend, Robert Davis of Davis Solutions. Robert, please tell us, uh, introduce yourself, you know, give us some some background and uh, about what you do, where you do internet, and how you do it. Sure. Um, like Anthony said, my name is Robert Davis. I'm a tile contractor in the Willamette Valley in Oregon. Um, business is really good right here. Um, I have got a, a company that we do only tile, residential tile installations in a, in a, a lot of different settings, but that's the gist of it is, is general contracting, residential remodeling. Um, 99% of what we do is tile. I have a general contractor's license so that we can handle other trades and still be within the law in Oregon here. But generally, I have no interest in even looking at jobs that aren't tile. Um, I got a really good crew of guys. They're all subcontractors, um, and we have you know various agreements. But basically, it's a lot like um, if they were employees, and in the way that we all you know um, operate with regards to design and direction and and things like that. So yeah, I've got four guys that work with me full-time and a couple of guys that fill in part-time. And uh, when we get big jobs, uh, such as one that we're just wrapping up right now, I generally, um, thank goodness for Facebook and Global Tile Posse has allowed me to cherry pick really qualified guys and bring them up here to Oregon so that we can accomplish the job and the time that we have allotted for it. That's, that's, that must be cool. I can't wait to get to the point of being able to do that, to say, hey, look, I need y'all to fly over here. I'm gonna pay you this much. We got this going on. Let's knock it out, and you go back home. It's really fun too, getting to yeah. meet guys and like, you know, our crew has our own culture and our own, you know, process and, and expectations. And then when you bring somebody like Matt Taylor in, and and he sets 400 square feet of of herringbone plank, you know, in a day, and everybody's like, oh my gosh, we thought we were, we thought right. we were getting notes that are right. fast out. <laughs> right circles around us yeah so yeah. It's, a, it's a motivating thing too yeah yeah um so me and robert talked before uh before today's episode and robert has a really good perspective on this failure thing uh to wrap this whole series up so um robert give us uh just give us your your insight or you you know your feelings on failures i know you're out there on the west coast and uh i'm sure you come across things that can be viewed as failures, but you look at it in a different way. And it's really interesting. And I think people uh, people are gonna have a different mindset once they hear this episode. Okay. Well, you know, I mean, as, the, as my career has progressed, when I first started and I was a helper, not really an apprentice, um, I was, you know, I had no understanding of processes. I didn't know what was going on most of the time. Um, I was just trying to copy what I was directed to do and do it exactly as I was directed to do it. Um, so there was no, no specification 
uh, no need for me to have anything to do with specifications. You know, it was everything I could to do a, a halfway decent job of installing most of the time as I was learning. And so as being an employee, I experienced some failures that were the responsibility of other people um, that are perhaps in the position that I'm in now. But back then when I was, you know, just starting out setting or, or even as a helper, I got to sit on the sidelines and see some failures happen and, and just really be glad that it wasn't my name on on the problem that was happening. You know, um, I know one that really stands out is we we're on the third story of a, a very expensive home here in Corvallis, Oregon. And uh, the the guy that owned the shop had a, a brought a, a tube of the Noble, the, the blue Noble goop that you stick the pan liner to the first stage with. Yeah. And I had never seen a tube like this before. And I was like, dude, where did you get this? Did they change their packaging? And he's like, no, that was in the, in the cabinet, but that's the only one I had. And I'm like, we should go get some more. And he says, no, this will be fine. This stuff lasts forever. So we fill up this humongous Vegas style shower with like probably 150 gallons of water. Uh, and the way that it was built as an octagon was, and in the corners, they, the framers had left a gap and we had tucked our folds from our liner into the stud base and tacked them to the sides of the stud. I got you. Uh, and uh, the, uh, the blue goop failed and was starting to drip through downstairs. You could see where it was starting to, to drip from a light fixture. And so Mike was in there trying to pull the plug and he accidentally kicked one of those corners. And all of the water that was in the shower pan was in the room all of a sudden, like just mm -hmm. a damn, like it ripped the one nail out of that folded corner and it just made a waterfall. It was water running down the stairs, like in this you know, million dollar house. But, so I got to learn a lot of lessons that way by seeing other people experience failures that didn't really have any consequences for me. And I think that that helped a lot because I was able to, emotionally distance myself from it and be like man that really sucks for you that's kind right. of a bummer you know? <laughs> right but i'm glad it wasn't me you know yeah but seeing how other people experience failure and dealt with it you know i my friend jeremy von ruden he's a a rep with laticrete now and we had in the process of adopting new products as topical membranes were becoming popular um there was some some failures that he experienced that i was able to see how someone with a lot of integrity encouraged was able to stand up to that phone call that we all hope we never get my shower is leaking causing right. damage to my home and so seeing how other people experience that situation put me you know leaps and bounds ahead of where i was because at the time i had not had a lot of good uh, leadership or role models in my life you know so seeing yeah. that just like it rocked me and it really helped me to decide ahead of time what my company culture was going to be like when that actually happened. Um, since I've owned my own business and been working, you know, with, uh, with, with other guys working with me and under me, um, I've not really experienced any flat out, tear it out. This shower has got to be redone type of failures. Um, mostly because I'm just a perfectionist and we're really careful about how we install things in the first place. But, um, my role as a, in the tile contracting industry is changing because, um, you know, I set tile probably 20 to 30 hours a week at the most. Uh, at least half of my life now is in the administrative side of running my own business where I'm doing mm -hmm. specification, bidding, procurement, delivery, um, design interface. Um, so, of course, as we're learning to do new jobs, we're not going to do them perfectly every time 
And so I've experienced a lot of small scale failures in the learning process of that. But the, the majority of what I feel are failures is when, uh, when we're doing an installation and I fail to correctly communicate or lead, you know, the, the failures that I experience now in my, in my business are generally failures of leadership. Um, so, you know, if, if, uh, if something gets done in a manner that, or, you know, to where the finish isn't what our company does, then it has to get redone and that costs money and it costs, it, it's going to be me that it costs money because I'm paying the guys, yeah. you know, they're going to bill me for that time, you know, but um, there's an emotional aspect of it with the installer that goes along with it because these guys are on a high end crew. We're doing pretty good work most of the time and they're proud of that and they ought to be. They're, they're competent guys. They're doing great installs uh, and we get to do some fancy stuff sometimes. So then when someone comes along and, you know, it, like in the case of, of some guys like Ben is older than me, he's been installing tile longer than me. And sometimes it, it's just one of those things where we have to come look at something and say, this is, we just got to tear this out real quick and do it a different way. That takes a lot of of uh, humility and, and camaraderie, I guess, you know, the, the company culture is such that we're having a pretty good time most of the time, especially when we're all on a job site. But when that happens, you know, I see the guy look at the thing and think about bashing it out and redoing it. And, you know, it's work that doesn't make you feel good. Doing something that second time doesn't make you feel good. So aside from the fact that they're getting paid, there's an, you know, there's an emotional attachment to our jobs. We're all alphas. We're all proud of what we're doing. We're doing it to the best of our ability. And when you have to redo something, there's that crestfallen thing that can go along with it, along with it costing me money. So there, that's like, that's, that's a total leadership failure. That's always the result of me not communicating well or not seeing a circumstance coming until it's too late. Um, but, but it's good. Yeah. It's good. Good for the process. So, um, uh, the, the first three parts were, uh, contractors talking about failures that they've seen, like they've getting a, they gotten a call. Let's say, uh, they show it to a job site. Somebody says my shower is leaking. It's not their shower, but they get a call and someone, someone wants a diagnostic uh, what needs to be done, how much is it going to cost, and they fixed it. And that's what we've been talking about before. But from your perspective, we can look at uh, those situations in a different way because these failures that they're seeing are failures that come across our lap that are not uh, our uh, doings, could be because of a lack <clears throat> of communication or a lack of leadership. So let's say that there is a contractor in your position um, that sent the crew to do a shower that didn't um, didn't oversee it to make sure everything was done right, didn't uh, enforce a flood test and these kind of things. And the sure. installer is under the impression that they did it correctly. Now, some situations we see stuff that was like, well, this is clearly... Uh, you not have a knowledge of the trade, but some situations, like you said, it could be a lack of leadership of some people honestly think that they're doing right. It might be wrong, but they think that they're doing right. <laughs> yeah. Well, so you've, you've got a couple different failures happening there. I mean, you know, one is the mechanical failure that the actual work not 
not performing as it's supposed to. But that mechanical failure is almost always a, a failure of of leadership. And of course, as we're you're talking about a guy that's wearing all the hats in his business, or maybe he's not even a, a, a legitimate contractor and he's kind of flying under the radar. Mm -hmm. um, that failure is a mechanical failure and it's the installer's fault, but it's also uh, an administrative failure. It's a failure to obtain the knowledge necessary. It's a failure to, to run your business, you know, properly. Um, often it's a, it's a failure of, uh, of a person to, to stay on with someone that's more qualified than them and, and obtain that knowledge and, and ability to handle situations on their own before they go out on their own. So anytime you experience a mechanical failure like that, or, you know, go out on a call and, and see someone else's mechanical failure, um, I try and always view it as a failure to plan, a failure to, you know, to communicate, something like that. The mechanical failure is always a result. It's a secondary result of an initial failure. Now, you mentioned uh, the part about uh, a failure to uh, stay under somebody long enough. Now, we know the majority of our experiences are we've worked for someone and then we'll step away and realize that we've been doing stuff wrong for the longest. Right. So there's that challenge of stand under somebody that can teach you the right things. Cause there's so many people that's not teaching, teaching the right things. Even in, even at this point, uh, you're still learning stuff. Oh yeah. So it's hard to, to, to get under that person that can teach you the right way to go. For example, um, I want to break into the commercial world. I just, I'm curious to see, I feel like I'm leaving money on the table. It's a, it's a possibility that I can take advantage of and talking to a few people, the response is, Hey, you need to go work for somebody. One it's a challenge to get somebody to give you a job because everybody already has their guy. And then two, you, shouldn't have any, you shouldn't have any, well, as a, as a contractor, I can see that, but if you wanted to go and get, you know, sub out and just get on somebody's commercial crew so that you can get your feet into that world without going full send and having a lot of exposure, you know, financially, I bet if you could have that sort of a position, a temporary position with somebody, probably in 15, 20 minutes, you know, yeah. of calling around. Everybody but needs see, that's, and see, that's the thing. That's the thing about it is you got to find the one that can teach you the right things. So, so not having knowledge of the industry or that particular lane, you really don't know what's right. So you could be, you could find somebody to give you a job and that's teaching you backwards. <laughs> sure. So when you go to the next job, uh, somebody with knowledge comes across and says, I mean, why are you doing it like this? <laughs> right. Yeah. That's it. And yeah, I don't know. I don't know how you overcome that. You know, you want to be in, in community with all of your, your local installers as much as possible. Anyways, you know, we just, yeah. you know, around here, all the installers know each other for the most part and we don't all work together, but everybody knows each other, you know? Yeah. Um, so have so you haven't, like that, I'm sorry. No, go, go ahead. ahead. Um, no, I was going to say you haven't experienced uh, failures uh, due to uh, something that you've done. But have you, have you 
do you get calls of saying, hey, Robert, uh, we got this butchered up tile job. Can you come check it out? Sure. Yeah, that happens with, with a, some degree of regularity, you know, at probably at least once a month. I, I go out and look at a job like that. But um, my role in that is usually to tell them, no, we can't fix it. And if you want, um, you know, a lot of a lot of those clients are, you know, they're looking for the full remodel kind of thing. Mm -hmm. They're like, we have this leaky shower. We have not been using it for a while, but now we just want to redo the whole bathroom. And that's that's easy for me to then say, you know, you need to call one of these general contractors. Almost all of my clientele is general contractors. I don't work for homeowners very often if I can help it. Oh, um, that's curious. I mean, that, that's interesting because uh, I thought that was like ideal for us. Like we want to go directly to uh, homeowners. You know, so when you're talking about um, planning failures and failures in um, in communication and and expectation management that are the the role of the the tile contractor in an administrative function, you get those failures in spades with a much higher degree of regularity than you do with general contractors because every homeowner thinks they've got it figured out and knows how they're going to just run their own job. But the reality right. is that just like true general contractors took them years to learn their craft and learn how to apply it effectively. Um, when I work with homeowners directly, I find that I'm having to teach them the process or do the process for them for nothing because they were too cheap to hire a general contractor. Then they expect me to do a lot of that administrative functioning for nothing, mm. just because I just to get the tile job. And I have no interest in doing anything for free. I mean, I love my work, but I can't afford to give it away. That you know, is, so. that is mind blowing. You just don't even, you don't even realize how mind blowing this, this conversation is because I think a lot of contractors run into that issue and are trying to figure out, you know, how do I avoid this? People don't want to pay what, what I'm worth. And uh, I'm forced to educate them, which is nothing wrong with it. Like that's the whole purpose of this podcast is to educate homeowners. Like is the reason this podcast started because I, I need people to know what it takes and why it costs so much. Sure. But you eliminate that by working with a general contractor. Yeah, because their function, aside from facilitating the job, just like as the leader of my crew, I'm facilitating four or five guys setting tile and I'm filling in and I'm grouting and I'm setting this backsplash and all that kind of stuff. Um, but beyond that, the, the, the administrative parts of that, DCs that are design build, that, mm -hmm. that's their job. That, their job is to take someone that walks into their office and says, I want to I remodel my bathroom. Their entire job is to take that entry into the funnel and whittle it down to where by the time I get involved in the process, the client already has a pretty good idea of what things are going to cost. There's already a design specified. Usually there's elevations and everything. So um, we've just jumped ahead in the process and, and foregone all of the difficult things that I don't want to have to do with every homeowner because right. the design build firm takes care of it and they do a really good job of it. Yeah. Well, look, I, I, I think you, you, uh, you've uh, avoided a lot of headaches that a lot of uh, contractors directly with homeowners deal with because 
I think we all face it. And I know for me, I, I mean, I just realized that when I get a phone call about a project, the price that I'm giving you is not just for that project because I got to factor in educating you. I got to factor in coming up with a design that works, not just looks good, but works. I have to factor in constant communication with you, talking to you about this process, um, about what the next step is, pretty much acting as a general contractor. Yeah. And just right. not so getting paid as one. Yeah, you have to pay. You have to so charge. So what you it. need to do is you need to charge for the job as a tile guy and then figure out what the general contractor would charge marking it up so that their function is covered. And then that's what you got to charge as a tile contractor to a homeowner. I mean, and they, they, that's where I think that's where the issue comes in because they look at it and it was like, I thought you were just a tile contractor. Why does it cost so much? Right. Well, you know, then you have to explain everything that they're getting. <laughs> <laughs> and they yeah, say, and okay, I can like go find somebody. Pitch to them. Yeah. Um, you know, and another thing is that we, I, we don't necessarily get along with, with everyone in the world. And the <laughs> design yeah. building firms really insulate us a lot from that. You right. Kind of nice. But, uh, and it's not to say that we won't do work for homeowners. I mean, we get those calls, and I have several on the books right now. <laughs> but then when that happens, the, the, the expectation management has to kick in on far on the front end. You know, you need yeah. to, you need to get numbers and things like that all uh, like preferably on the phone while you're driving down the road and they call and say, hi, I'm so-and-so and I'd like a, a shower and you, you got to be able to ballpark them, right. you know, or, or get, you know, get information from them efficiently so that you can give them a decent ballpark before you spend a ton of time driving. You know, when, when I, find myself standing in a home with a homeowner um, and it's on the third story of a home and I hadn't thought to ask about that uh, and it's you know it's like material a, a difficult to work with material or all, all these different things that I could have qualified this client before I took the time to come over here right and like as soon as they start describing the project you know oh this is going to cost this shower is going to cost you nine thousand dollars or whatever yeah. you know and so the, if you're telling them that standing there in the room with them and watching them like go, Oh my God, that's ridiculous. What do you, you know, what I'm not putting your kids through college kind of thing. You know how some people can be. Yeah. Um, if you're standing there looking at them face to face when that shock and, and, and uh, you know, rejection of, of the bid basically verbally happens. I feel like that's a failure on my part. I feel like I've dropped the ball because I never should have burned up that 45 minutes of driving and, meeting a stranger and kind of feeling people out when the real deal breaker was the fact that it's going to cost too much. They're going to want it next Tuesday and they can't have it next Tuesday for any amount of money. And right. on and on like that. So, so getting those qualifiers taken care of before you put a lot of legwork in, uh, that's, that's success to me, you know? And, 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 uh, in that, uh, situation, um, I always try to tell people that you're just setting yourself up to decrease your price because you've invested that, that time to drive over there and you see the response and now you want the sale. You don't want to leave <laughs> without getting the sale. So you say 9,000 and they say, oh, that's a little high. And then now you're, you're pressuring yourself to say, all right, let's do 8,000. Will 8,000 work? Because you don't want to leave without getting it. Right. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's true. But 
you also want to be able to just cut your losses with a smile on your face, you know. But you're right. Some people, some people don't have that comfort though. Some people don't 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 know how to say, okay, you know what? I did waste forty five minutes, but let me not waste any more time and money. This is my price. Accept it or not, I'll see you later. <laughs> yeah. Well, when they when they say, oh, that's that's a lot, I say I understand. You know, you know what? Uh, you know, we can we can we can move to a porcelain tile instead of this really expensive stone that you've got, uh, and and reduce the cost by you know twenty five percent. Yep. You know, and, and see them seeing that they're trading value for it instead of them just trying to chisel you. Like if, they, if they're trying to chisel you, they're assuming that you don't know your numbers. They're assuming right. that you don't don't know what your work is worth and that they know better than you do. <laughs> and it's kind of a dick swinging contest you don't want to have, you know. <laughs> so yeah. I just say, have a nice day with a smile on my face. Call me if you need any advice on your project. You know, no charge, but, you know. Yeah. I, I like to talk about tile and I'll talk about tile with homeowners just as much as I will with tile guys. So, so um, in the phone calls that you get of, of people that are uh, calling and saying my shower is leaking. If you, if you happen to get to, to the job site and see what's going on, is there a common uh, mechanical failure that you're seeing? Well, around here, uh, a very, a very common thing is, is clogged weeples, uh, and it's not even necessarily from um, a mechanical, like an install, an incorrect install. Um, a lot of homes in this area are on wells. They're they're out of uh, sorry, getting out of here. Uh, they're they're on wells. So they're they're outside city limits. There's just a lot of hard water around here. There's a lot of calcium in the water, um, and so we get clogged weeples usually the phone call is like yeah my bathroom just smells bad like it smells bad mm-hmm. you know and um sometimes you know we we replaced a shower pad for one lady and like when she opened her front door you could smell Ooh. like she opened the door and like the huge house these people own all these car pick aparts around here and they've got more money than than god you know and <laughs> have this huge house and this just this nasty shower and they've been living with it for years because they're cheap yeah. They didn't get rich by being super generous, apparently. Right, but, right. Um, you know, then that that's that's tough when you you walk in and you you're like, well, it, I mean, it's always hard to say this has got to go because immediately they see a numerical value to this problem and they want to assign it to someone else. They right. want to say four thousand dollars to replace my shower pan. Who do I sue to get that money back? Yeah. That's the perspective of a homeowner often, um, you know, and you say, well, you know, it's not that it's, it's the shower's 15 years old. You're on a well out here, you've got hard water and weep holes just clog up faster. You know, we can try and unclog the weep holes and, and see how long that lasts. That could be a regular maintenance thing that needs to happen. And they say, oh no, we just want it fixed. And I'm like, well, okay, then it's going to be whatever it's going to be, you know? Right. And, uh, and they're still like, well, you know, I, I'll, I'll I need to talk to the guy that installed this originally. And I'm like, well, okay, that's, that's, that's you, you know, you do you, but um, yeah, that's the most common failure that we encounter here is, is clogged weep holes. Um, usually the, the leaky showers, I will go and look at them and see if, if, you know, yes, they're leaking, but if, if they know they're leaking, there's really no need for me to go look at it. Right. Um, there's pretty much no way that I'm going to tear out a leaking shower. Like I'm not gonna because the guys on my crew are all 
for the most part, um, tile, you know, competent tile mm -hmm. journeyman. And it doesn't make sense to pay them what I got to pay them to go do something that a design build firm, they have these competencies in, in areas like demo. They don't have to pay. It doesn't cost them 75 bucks an hour to pay a high school kid to, to demo a, a shower, you know, yeah. it cost me a, a thousand bucks for a day for a, a two guys to go over there and gut the thing and take it to the dump. Where if you send, you know, your young project manager over there with a knock around kid that's getting 16 bucks an hour, much more cost effective. So I tell them you're going to get better service and you're probably going to save money in the long run by getting a general contractor that's really good at this involved. You'll spend a little bit of money on the front end talking to them and getting design approval and all that stuff. But by the time it gets to tile, you're going to save money on tile because everything's figured already. Um, and like I said, all of those competencies that I don't have, my company does not have a, you know, a low cost guy that I can just send to, to bash out a mud shower all day. So if they, they just say, well, I want to pay more money. I'm like, that's great. Pay the GC more money. I still don't want to do it. You yeah. know? Um, so would you like is let's let's say in a situation like that would you uh would would you guys come in i guess i mean in in, in that that process you would if they if they went with the gc the the demo would be done by yeah, the time you guys get there the, bear studs, the the plumbing rough is already done yeah that's so look i might have to change my setup <laughs> like it's, well, I mean, it sounds know, so men mentally so much easier. If you think about showing up to a job that a homeowner has done or, or that, you know, you're, you know, GCing, so to speak, for these homeowners and you go in there and they've already had the plumber in there and the plumber installed the drain and the rough in all in the wrong place. You know, now you're, now you're stopping work and you got to get the plumber back over there to fix it. That's one outcome. It's not a favorable outcome because it's going to cost more money. And the homeowner's like, what the heck? Just tile it. So that's the other option is to just tile it and have it not be the top shelf things that you know it could be if the plumber had just gotten clear instruction in the first place and if you had been yeah. involved in the planning process. So having a relationship with the design build firms makes it to where I don't encounter that failure. When you show up and the plumbing is wrong, that's a failure on my part to plan somehow. Sometimes it's because I can't communicate clearly enough with the homeowner because I haven't trained the homeowner to be a GC well enough yet. Right. Um, but that, that potential can be completely eliminated usually, you know, with a certain variance, but because these design build firms, they know what to expect. They get me involved in the planning process. I'm good friends with all the, the plumbers that are involved in the processes and we can communicate directly without somebody in the middle. Um, and that, competency goes out the window with a homeowner because they'll be like, well, I, my cousin's a plumber and he's going to do the plumbing and save us some money and all these different things that remove control from you. Now you've got a failure, but it's the homeowner's fault. You can't charge them more for it. You know, so anyways, homeowners are bad. No, really. <laughs> <laughs> Look, you, it's going to be a lot of uh, contractors are going to listen to this and be like, no, they're not. Designers are bad. That can be. But, you know, I'm not competing. I'm not really competing with anybody locally. We collaborate, you know, but I'm not right. really competing. We're trying to get the same jobs that other guys are getting. Um, so, 
you know, when, when you know that you're going to be working with a designer, you just got to pay, make them pay ahead of time for the things that they're going to want. This lady is going to come want to spend a whole day laying out the walls of the shower in a, on a bedroom floor to get all the veins the way she likes them or whatever, all that. If you knew that at the front end and had a day of labor plus your markup built into that, now when the, the pain in the ass designer comes and wants to play patty cake with the stone, you're like, I'm getting paid right now. Let's, right. let's play patty cake. It's cool. You know, and then yeah. you can just have a good time doing it instead of standing there like gritting your teeth and wishing this lady would have a stroke or, you know, I mean, just however <laughs> you feel about it. You know. get, get the process taken care of to where now it's enjoyable, you know. Yeah. It can be so done. Let me let me ask you this. Um, the the other contractors that uh that you're familiar with that's doing the same type of work, do they use that same process of uh not having that direct um relationship or direct uh contact with the homeowners and going through the GCs? Are you are you finding that uh some of them um, they're direct with homeowners or? A lot of them are direct with homeowners. Some of them mm -hmm. work for shops locally, and the shops. Um, work directly with homeowners and uh, one local shop here has got a really good way of, of basically GCing a job so that um, when by the time their tile crew gets there then there are a lot less opportunity for, for tomfoolery. Right. Um, I don't think I know anybody else in the area that only works for design build firms. Um, Look, I don't know if I don't know how many other people know this about you and if this is new information but you might be changing the game right now. Like it's gonna be it's gonna be people that's gonna be listening to this and be like, that's genius. I don't wanna work with homeowners anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Cause just just being able to map out uh or you know, explain the process and how it eliminates a lot of frustration that I'm gonna say we, because I'm one of those guys that deal with it, that we deal with. I mean, I know that I have been trying to make a connection with a builder, and I just haven't landed one yet uh, for yeah. those same reasons of, I mean, not really the same reasons of just eliminating the homeowner, just knowing that it's going to bring me work. I'm going to be able to do more customized stuff instead of doing these stupid 12 by 24 mosaic bands and <laughs> really uh, being able to express my my creativity. But I think that uh just your way of doing things it could change the game we need to push this show out like a lot because you, we might be changing something here right you might be <laughs> turning and turning some people around and be like you know what no more homeowners for me i'm going to get a design builder and we're going to get this process set up straight or people might say i'm sure it didn't <laughs> in fact there's a there's one designer here in corvallis that it took me like seven or eight years from the time that I met her to get the contract. When I met her, mm -hmm. I was an employee and I was grouting a shower and uh, I saw these drawings. This woman draws every tile and she's just a, she's a, everybody else thinks she's a freaking psychopath and they hate working with her. Yeah. And like, I saw the drawings and I was like, this is awesome. This is what I want to do. This art, everything's an arts and crafts project. There's no, right. there's no one-off kind of stuff. And uh, I really tried, you know, when I started my business, I knew that I wasn't capable of turning yeah. out what she needed. So I had to grow into that. But right about the time I was like, yeah, I think that I'm pretty solid on this install stuff. Um, just fortunately, she kind of fell in my lap, you know? And so now we have a really good relationship and we build a lot of cool stuff. 
Yeah. But yeah. Just, yeah, I, 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 I definitely I know it's not one of those things that happen overnight. Yeah. It's not as easy as walking into to the office and saying, Hey, this is what I do. You wanna hire me? Because they say, what No, I, I have somebody have, already. What I do is have them come to a job site, you know. Um anybody can take pictures of a bathroom, you know. Right. So but having them come out to the job site and like look at what we're doing and, and you know, of course they have a different process for approaching problem solving and all that kind of stuff. So they're going to look at what we're doing and they say, well, how come you did it this way? And now um, you're not trying to convert them or anything, but just the opportunity to speak intelligently and to show the fact that you've been planning this, you've been thinking about this, you've been communicating with other professionals about it. And now this is the end result of a lot of collaboration and it is definitely supposed to be that way, even if you would do it, if you miss designer lady would have done it differently. This is what the design is. And right. I would have done it the way that you like it, but we do what the designer says and they get what they want. And if you work with us, you're going to get what you want. Right. You know, um, so that's, that's your opportunity to show yourself as a professional. It's hard to walk in and cold sell someone in their space and come off as a professional. Most of the time you're going to come off as a, as a doink that, you know, is just trying to hustle somebody, or at least me, I'm not a good salesman. Yeah. yeah. I don't know if I'm the best either because I haven't landed one yet. (laughs) Yeah. I feel weird trying to talk somebody into something, you know, but um, that's what it feels like when you meet somebody and you're trying to get their business, you know, it feels like I'm trying to sell them something and that's not really my function at all. Um, My function is to just, be the nerdiest tile guy on the face of the planet. (laughs) We can come to a job site and see this guy is a freaking nut about this. Yeah. Feel like they're in good hands and it's just sold itself. It's already sold. They walk out the door with a smile going, well, this guy's going to do a better job than we thought we could get done. Right. You know, I think our takeaways from, uh, from today's episode is like I said, you just don't realize that's why I was so excited when you agreed to be on the show because I knew I was going to get something special. Um, I'm glad the, I take away, the takeaways that we can take away from today is uh, communication is a, uh, a big reason for failure. From the leadership on down, a lot of what I heard was there was a disconnect in, in, in the process somewhere and then the failure occurs. And that, and that happens with homeowners too. Yeah. But yes, yeah, that's, that's a, ma- a major source of failure, a, a, a failure, either a mechanical like leaking type of failure mm-hmm. is one thing, or, or just a failure to implement design that was expected. That's a failure too, because it's the same end result of taking a hammer to the, to the tile, you know, to get it right. Um, yeah. It's always communication. And if you're that, that, working by yourself, working just for homeowners, and that's your gig, that's great, but you need to gain that competency to communicate and to to manage your own expectations and to manage homeowners' expectations. When you come to something that normally I would be calling a designer and saying, what do you want me to do here? I can do it three different ways. You decide. If you come to that point with a, on a homeowner job and you just say to yourself, well, I'll just do it the way I would, you know, I'm the tile contractor here. Right. That's, that, that's setting yourself up for failure too, because yep. the homeowner, you know, there's zero consequences to them coming in the next day and saying, Oh, we don't like this. Will you tear it out? You say, well, you know, it's, it's fine like that, but their, their expectations, you know, they have something in their head that they want. Right. You need to get it out of their head and onto paper or, you know, 
Sharpie on the wall or whatever it takes to manage expectations. So you both expect the same end result. Right. Yeah. You generally have to become a designer. <laughs> exactly. And you ought to be getting paid for doing that design work. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Um, our next takeaway, the second takeaway I would say is you can eliminate this problem by working with a design yeah. bill. Yeah. Not, it's not the only way, but this is this. Robert has clearly showed us that there there is a, a peace of mind and uh, a chain of command that can alleviate some of these failures. Before you get to a point of something being a failure, you can step back and say, all right, I'm still on the clock. Let me call the person at the chain of command to figure out what this problem is, how we move forward. So I don't have any responsibility for it. Right. And it's hard when you're standing there and you're, it's like Friday afternoon and you're like, I don't have a half an hour to waste on trying to screw around with this designer. But it probably is a better trade than that two and a half, three hours that it's going to take you to tear something apart and redo it because right. you haven't gotten that communication taken care of. Robert, I think you are. Uh, I'm again, I'm, I'm speaking for myself. You changed the game for me. I still, I mean, I, I still, I kind of had, you know, some of these, these uh, thoughts and, and, and uh, wishes as far as that process goes on my own, but it was me pretty much doing it for myself, trying to make those relationships and I'm still working on them. But uh, I think just that perspective on, on failures was the icing on the cake on this, uh, this four part series, because like I said, we've always, we've always talked these past three weeks, we've talked about um, showers failing, why they failed, how you deal with the homeowner afterwards, uh, floors failing, what made them fail and how you deal with the homeowners and just the common things that were uh, being seen on the north side, south side, east side, and now on the west side. And like I said, this was the icing on the cake. I don't know about anybody else. I guess I'm a, a podcast geek now because I'm, I'm excited about how we finished up the series. But there's a lot of uh, familiarities uh, I mean, a similar sim. You know what I'm trying to say. It's a lot of the same things <laughs> going on in these different regions, uh, and a lot of that comes back to communication. So, Robert, do us a favor and tell everybody again uh, your company name, uh, how they can find you on Facebook, and all those great things, so these people can reach out to you. Cool. Um, I'm on Facebook and Instagram. I'm at tiling the world um my company's name is davis solutions we're based out of lacombe oregon and we service the willamette valley and uh, it's been great talking to anthony robert i want to thank you again for closing out the failure series for us and being an amazing guest and giving us these golden nuggets of information i promise you i'm going to restructure my business now <laughs> well thanks man i i just i just want to help so, right. Hope it helps somebody. Well, until next time, uh, we will stay in touch and you be safe and not too busy, but busy. No, just like steady. Yeah, steady. Busy looks like running in circles. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. I want to be steady. Yeah. Well, again, you cool, take man. care, Robert, and we will talk soon.